I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast in a different order tonight before the finals. Mr. Gossip joins us straight off the bat and I'm solo. Brock is off tonight on some uh, footballing duties for Penrith doing some selecting, but uh, the best of a bad bunch, mate, me and you. Yeah, look, that's probably the most important podcast of the year right before the finals and what do you know, you got the two spunkiest blokes to do it, so uh, sorry about that, Brock, but... Uh... Two very rockin' heads, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, myself included, mine has to be zoomed out on majorly to fit in any picture frame. So if anyone out there is into blokes with massive heads, I am single. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I got a perfect head for podcasting. Great time. Same as me. I definitely need to be hidden behind a microphone and a pair of headphones. (laughs) Very good. Mate, what's in the the bag for us this week? Uh, Seen a fair bit going on. Yeah, it's a bit going on, uh, which is surprising. Usually there's not much movement this close to the semi-finals. But look, um, uh, probably a lesser one to start with, and that's uh, West Tigers wing a lot of Lockie Dekiri. Uh, he's been granted a release from the club and back off to rugby, which is probably good for him because his body just can't hack rugby league anymore. So he'll go and play uh, rugby union in, in Ireland and touch the ball probably two or three times a game if he's lucky. Yeah, well, back to, uh, like you said, a bit of a cruisier job, especially at his age. Uh, he surprised me last week, though, when Jonathan Thurston made a break. He almost mowed him down, but uh, then again, old JT's at the 30. I think we have to remember him being playing for a long time, so he, he wasn't too hard to cover, but uh, good on him. I think he, he's done himself a favour. He's definitely not up to first-grade football every week now physically, and you can get some uh, cabbage over there in the old uh, Green Ale of Ireland. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah but look, it's, it, the West Tigers, they got a lot of um, outside backs coming through the ranks, so yeah, it gives some, some younger guys opportunity, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, most definitely, and I've seen uh, Simona in the New Zealand squad today, so they've got him, Corobidi, Nofaluma, so no real need for uh, poor old Lottie, but he's been a good servant, so good on him. Yeah, look, it's been a bad year for Tigers fans, but uh, I reckon they've got a few things to look forward to for next year. I definitely think they'll be high up the ladder, that's for sure. Mm, most definitely. What else, buddy? All right, big Georgie Rose. Now, yeah. we know you're not going to be at uh, <laughs> Brookvale next year, but uh, probably not one that you wanted to hear, champ. But mm. uh, look, the Mel- Melbourne Storm are keen on him. Uh, not throwing a whole lot of dosh at big Georgie, but look, at least he's getting some interest. So whether it's a depth depth signing for the Storm, um, I dare say it would be. Well, I know he's got some uh, you know, good skills for a big fan. He's a bit of a larrikin, but the only way I look at it is everyone that's put up with uh, you know, the weight or the size or playing 15 minutes. My only concern is if, if he's going to a place like Melbourne, it's definitely not going to work. 
if he, if he's going down there, I don't know if he's going to be in a giant pair of budgie smugglers the size of a house. He's going to be a, a slim, <laughs> definitely going to have to be a slimmer version of George Rose if he wants to play uh, first grade for the Storm. Yeah, well, uh, it reminds me of Glenn Lazarus when he was at the Storm all those years ago. He was a big unit, so maybe they're trying to replace Lazarus. I don't know. Maybe I'm turning the clock too far back. But yeah, look, the look doesn't look like George Rose to me. Doesn't look like someone that would fit into the current Melbourne Storm model, but. Um, yeah, most definitely. So I have to wait and see uh, what happens there. But I wouldn't want to be George in a summertime program under Craig Bellamy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. He'll be at, uh, making houses, filling roofs, doing something, knowing, mm. knowing Craig. Most definitely. What else, buddy? Uh, yeah, we've got Mini Anthony Miller-Cello. Now, this is a huge boost for the Roosters, so close to... Um, their major semi. He's going to re- he's re-signed with the club, so he'll be there again next year. Um, I think I remember all of us pretty much agreed uh, midway through this year on this podcast that Mini should probably move on. But um, yeah, wow, I, I don't know really the thoughts behind the Roosters keeping Mini. To be honest, I mean he's a great player, and we saw that last week. We did that great cover tackle, but yeah, again the Roosters they've got the smallest junior nursery in the in the league, but yet. They're killing it in, in all, all grades. So, yeah, very, very, very strange decision. Yeah, well, very good re- recruitment. They've got a uh, good old Peter O'Sullivan there, the one who dug up uh, Greg Inglis and Israel Folau and the likes while he was down at Melbourne and he'd be getting paid a mozza, so he'd want to be delivering. But um, I, I still kind of stick by what I said of having Sheck move to fullback, but I just, I just don't know whether you know they can put Minicello on the wing lot. Uh, what, what what do you think? Like they've obviously re-signed him. Do you think they'd persist another year with Sheck on the wing, or would they? You reckon they'd think about the switcheroo? Uh, I think they'll gradually uh, move Mini back to the wing and give him a run. Mm. I mean, you'd have to. I, you can't put Mini there all year again. There's got to be some sort of plan behind. I know he's he's been safe. Don't get me wrong, and he's been an absolutely outstanding servant. But I don't think I could block. Uh, two of us to check any longer. It's, he needs to be at the back. There, there's too much good in those two feet to just be standing on one touchline using his right foot and cutting back in. He needs to be unleashed at the back. That's right. Minnesota is safe. He's got experience, but two of us to check. He's he's got X factor. He'll mm. he's a game changer, and I don't think Mini can do it anymore. Mini's not going to turn a game. No, um, I think two of us can do that and, and probably will. But look, maybe they're a little bit worried about um, his experience or whatnot. I'm not sure, but look, I'm sure there's a story behind it. Yeah, well, I don't think it, I don't think it's a bad move. They'd, they'd keep Minnie for peanuts. His wife's there. He lives in Sydney. He's been there forever. So you think it'd be a nice little neat uh, small deal for a bit of security. But I definitely will be interested to see if they do persist with him at fullback and block Sheck for another year. I know he's only a baby, but. Uh, if I'm coaching him, I'm happy to have Mini, but I'd definitely be putting him back on the wing. I, I need to see Sheck. He's, there's too much good in both those legs to be sitting on an edge. He needs to be at the back. Yep, yep I agree. Absolutely. All right. Now, I'm getting a lot of emails from Warriors fans. Now, I've touched on this quite a few times already that Sam Tompkins, yes, he will be at the Warriors. I know nothing's been official yet, but I'm hearing that it will be very, very soon. The deal, um, let's believe, is anywhere between 750 and 900 with some third party there. But look, rest assured, Warriors fans, please stop emailing me. <laughs> Sammy Tompkins, he will be at the Warriors. Yeah, well, I think I already know my feelings uh, made about Sam Tompkins earlier this year with his comments about Billy Slater and everybody else in Australia. He's uh, had a fairly big mouth. And he's picked to go to New Zealand, probably a safe option, because I think he'd get shanked if he lived in Australia full-time. But 
Uh, if it is a done deal and he is coming down, I hope he's going to back it up, not only in the World Cup, but in the NRL, because he's talked plenty. Now it's time to deliver. Yep, I can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, mate, and I'll tell you what, if uh, the Bulldogs end up getting Kevin Locke, I think that's a pretty handy replacement, the way he's played this year, especially uh, after he got over his hip problems. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And um, look, it, that's all gone quiet as well with Kevin Locke. Mm. Um, spoke to some people from New Zealand earlier in the week, and... Mate, the Warriors are they're a hard club to sort of get anything out of. Um, but, yeah, like, but Tonkins, I'm, I'm rest assured he will be there. Yeah, uh, well, like I said, I'll just stick to the one thing I said. You've talked plenty, buddy, so you better be bringing your A game because you're not in the Super League anymore. There's not three or four teams. You're coming to the NRL where anyone can beat <laughs> you, and hopefully you get beaten severely. Exactly. Right, moving on to Ferguson. Now, we touched on him last week, and we all sort of said what we think should happen, but... Mate, and I know this is a lot of people are going to laugh, but yeah. I am hearing that the Roosters are very, very keen to have Ferguson. <laughs> um, how they fit him in the cap is is beyond me. Um, but look, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they do announce something um, after the grand final on Ferguson. All I can say is, anyway, he's fitting his Sunny Bill is gone. So you'd have to think all the talk about Sunny Bill would have to be true in him heading back to the Chiefs if they were going to bring someone like Blake Ferguson in. But uh, taking that out of the equation, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, but would you register him if you're the NRL? Because I would, I don't even think, even with the assessment and the review of this situation, that I could let Blake Ferguson play football next year the way he's behaved. Because we need to buddy, put our foot down like they did with Todd Carney again, I think. Yeah, there's no, there's no way I'd let him play next year. He, what he's done uh, the past couple of weeks, all his off-field indiscretions, um, they're on purpose. Yeah, exactly. He does it on purpose so he can get out of his... Cr- he wanted the Raiders to release him. Yeah. So he carries on like a goose. So the NRL should uh, step in and otherwise he's just going to have the door for other players to do it and uh, you know all the other cards are going to laugh at us. Well, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think this needs to be another case of if they want him uh, a year sabbatical, bloody playing park football or wherever else and... You know, after that, if he's going to pull his head in and come back, a similar situation to Todd Carney. I don't think there's any way to justify anything he's done. He's embarrassed the game, like you said, to all of the codes. He's, he's an embarrassment to everyone who's running around and doing the right thing, and I, I really do hope they put their foot down and block in, uh, him from playing any kind of football next year. Yeah, well, look, if if past history this year goes on anything at all and you look at our, our current CEO and the commission as well, it's, it appears that every decision that they make is sort of media-driven. So if the media, which they are, getting behind uh, <laughs> Ferguson and saying deregister him, I reckon they will. It, it appears that the NRL can't make your decisions on their own without it being splashed away with the papers first. So any Telegraph writers, Herald writers, keep it up, mate, because uh, they listen to you. Yeah, we're working on the Eddie Maguire hot seat. Now we ask the audience, we're getting our options out there. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange the way the game is run at the moment, mate. Mm, most definitely. All right, off to the Newcastle Knights. We've got Matt Hilda, Tamara Tahu, Anthony Quinn, and Big Clint Newton. <laughs> They're all signed with the club for next year. Now, yeah. I'm also hearing Tamara Tahu might be involved in a little bit of uh, the UFC fighting in Australia. So um, I'm hearing that'll be on the cards later in the year. So if anyone out there is into that kind of crap, uh, look for Tahu to be in that. But look, Clint Newton coming from the Panthers up to Newcastle. Uh, interesting move for Clint. Uh, I thought he may have retired, but he's going to have another stand up there. Well, to be honest, when I read that there was supposed interest, I thought it was a joke, purely 
because they have enough 30-something-year-olds in their squad, but this is just another sign of, uh, you know, that gap. And I, I read a statement, I think it was, from Matt Gidley saying they were they're worried about the gap between their under-20s to their New South Wales Cup and onwards, so they were re-signing all these blokes on one-year deals, more so for, for squad depth, but... Uh, you know, like they're under 27 being good. I've kept an eye on that. That's one way to look at it. But their, their New South Wales Cup side this year has gone pretty well, and most of the better players have been younger guys. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little confused why they have all four of these blokes. They, they couldn't be any older as far as a, a, a whole team is concerned. But, you know, that's the angle they want to take. They're a bit worried about depth and experience. So uh, good on them. But I really don't think we'll see too much of any of those four blokes next year if the, if the Newcastle's best 17's healthy. Yeah, now we know that uh, Wayne doesn't mind the old blokes hanging around the club. He brought Alan Langer out of retirement to play for Queensland that time. And Darren Smith. He's got, <laughs> he's got Craig Gower out there at Newcastle at the moment, so he doesn't mind an old fella over there. Yeah, well, there's not, like you said, you look at the squad, the only young'uns running around at the back line. All the forwards, the bench, and most of the New South Wales Cups filled up by 30-something-year-olds. Yeah, that's right. So, mm. Mate, I've got some, some good news for you anyway from Melbourne Storm fans. Now, Cody Walker, fantastic 5'8 in the Queensland Cup. Brilliant player. Now, I'm hearing he has signed a deal with the Melbourne Storm. So that's a scoop for us here on the podcast. Um, yeah, good mail that he signed. So, look, you've got Finchie retiring. You've got Wirrup going to the Dragons. So, yeah, who knows? He might be the starting six come round one. Well, very handy. Uh, like I think I sent you that message earlier uh, saying to Brocker in the week that I was looking at the situation with Hampton and McGahn. And, uh, I don't, McGahn's been on and off with injuries. I don't think he's been playing that well. And Hampton's been used as a fullback, which is a bit weird considering you've got Billy Slater there for another couple of years. But this young bloke I watched last year, I think he was second tier at the Titans. This is his second year in a row being the, the Q Cup Player of the Year. So what a coincidence that he plays for the East Tigers who he feed some of our players back into and for his situation exactly what you said he may have just landed uh, himself in you know the lap of Craig Bellamy and three of the best players in the in, in the comp to play around for the next couple of years so good on him and hopefully it is confirmed in the next few days yeah for sure I mean I put it up on Gossip this afternoon we were the first to do so and a lot of the comments from the Melbourne Storm fans in particular um, and Queensland fans are all very very positive around the young kids so mm. yeah it could be, could, it could be a could be huge signing for them yeah, well, fingers crossed that works out that way and maybe he will be uh, straight into the number six next year with Cronk, Slater and Smith uh, guiding him around. Yeah, and of course when I contacted the Melbourne Storm, they denied it, sir, but that's not <laughs> <it>. <laughs> under, under the radar, under the radar. Yeah, uh, Anthony Grimm, the Brisbane coach now, he's confirmed the signing of Martin Kennedy. Um, these talks seem to have been going on all year. The snake handler, Martin Kenny, the big fella, 122 <laughs> kilos. So he'll be uh, he'll be up there for the next three seasons, I believe, 14, 15, and 16. So. Mm. Uh, I, th- I thought he went a little flat uh, last season after getting a look in at the Origin squad the year before, but uh, once he got a phone call from Mal this year, he seemed to have pepped up again and had a bit of a dig before he hurt his knee. But, uh, you know, he, there's definitely plenty of potential there. The bloke's only 24. We all know that front rowers tend to play onto their ripe years. You look at the prices and, and the Petros and these kind of blokes that just seem to get better with age. But, um, yeah, they, they definitely need someone to help out. They've had a, a bit of inconsistency on with their bench. They've got Maguire and Hannett, and they were using Thido there. But this, this may ease the pressure on that front row rotation. It might be, uh, be just what they're after. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and Benny Hamlet, he's not getting any younger either. So mm. I guess they're looking, looking to the future as well with Martin. Um, but yeah, Broncos always renowned for their massive big props. And yeah, he's just got Brisbane Broncos written all over him, Martin Kendi. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, well, look, the last one I've got tonight, and look, it's been all over the paper, so it's nothing new to anyone, but that's Sonny Bill Williams. Now, uh, Tim Horan was on uh, one of the Foxell programs earlier in the week, and he was very, very, very keen to, to suggest that Sonny Bill's already signed with Rugby Union, so that's, that's, a, fucking, that's a massive loss to the Roosters and, and to the game, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, oh, wow, I mean... If the Roosters don't make the grand final, they lose the grand final, and Sonny Bill leaves. Yeah, geez, it's uh, wow! What a, what a disaster for them. Well, I think we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I look at it now that I think a lot of people forgot about Cordner. Um, I think if you put Cordner back in, and they get Ferguson, I think they've probably got close to one of the best back lines uh, in the game, and they've probably got a bit of free money. But you still, even with all those players and having Origin halves and that, you cannot take away what Sonny Bill has done this year. Even with those two blokes back next year, I'm 100% with you. I'd, I'd have to say they'd probably still be around the top four, but my God, what he's done on his own, single-handedly, um, I, I'm going to throw it out there right now. It's virtually him and James Maloney playing six and seven. Mitchell Pearce doesn't really do too much. Sonny Bill is virtually... Uh, the six and Maloney's virtually handed everything else, so I couldn't imagine yeah. if Maloney had to carry all the burden next year, similar to he did, what he did in Origin on his own, and no Sonny Bill there because uh, he's made Mitchell Pearce look very, very good this year. He has, he has indeed. Look, put it this way: if Sonny Bill didn't play last Friday night against the Rabbitohs, that oh. wouldn't have worked. Mate, and let's put it this way: and you know, this is just straight talking. I'm a New South Welshman, and I. Bloody wished all these years that he was going to get better, but he hasn't. But you look on Friday night, Mitchell Pearce's only real contribution in that game was Sonny Bill setting him up for the try. James Maloney and Sonny Bill, same as it's pretty much been all year, have run that shop along with Jake Friend. Everyone seems to have stepped up, but uh, I still still look at Pearce and I can't figure it out. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, we really won the podcast before game one. I didn't even pick Pearce, so that's how much I think of him. Yeah, well, and another one, someone emailed me saying about, you know, a couple of games where he's killed it this year. He's got Sonny Bill on his edge. You don't really need to do too much. That's about as dumb as anyone saying if you had Greg Inglis at Melbourne in the centres that you have to do anything for Greg Inglis. You just give him the ball early. Yeah, that's right. It's, what a forward pack he's got to work off. Oh, mate, it's like a sweet 16 present for, you know, a noisy little 16-year-old girl. You've just gone and bought him a Ferrari. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I mean, you put him... Uh, with the Tigers roster or the, or the Eels roster this this year, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be hopeless. No, exactly. But you, you couldn't have anyone riding shotgun better in your back row when you're a half that you need to rely on. He's got a bloody Russian tank next to him. So That's right. Very exactly. interesting to see Mitchell Pearce without Sonny Bill. Yeah, yeah wow. But look, I, I guess look, the, the Roosters have reaped the rewards of Sonny Bill being there this year as far as membership and, and mm. people through, through the gate. But yeah, wow, I mean... Look, if, if they win the comp and he goes, they'll look at it as a success and think, you know, how good are we? But if they don't make the grand final, they'll lose it and lose Sonny Bear Williams. It'll be just a, yeah, wow, what a dead year. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be one of those what could have been and something that probably get brought up for years and years and years, I suppose, from Roosters fans, the one that got away. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, if that's everything, buddy, we'll uh, jump into the tips. Yep. We've got uh, box heads sent through, pre-done, but uh, just a score update. You had, you had a good week this week. You've dragged yourself back into it. 
Uh, Brock yeah. is on 122. He only got four right this week. You had two different, so you drag yourself back on 121. Only one off the pace. Oh, 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 beautiful. And I obviously uh, was only two behind and four behind him, so I lashed out and had four different to you guys, and pretty much every one of them fell flat on their face. So I'm oh, no. dwindling away on 117 now. I think I've, uh, even if we tip all the way through the finals, I'm still a bit, bit far away now, I think. There's not enough games to save me. Yeah, bugger. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, kicking off Friday night, we've got a game at ANZ Stadium, the Rabbitohs at home versus the Storm. And, uh, mate, what do you reckon about this one? Who do you, who do you like? I think the Storm. Um, I think the Storm are just... I think they're too clinical. I know it's a word that's often used, but um, I think they are. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see the Bunnies doing it, to be honest. Their record's terrible. They haven't beaten the Storm uh, since 2004 in Sydney. So <laughs> that speaks for itself. Yeah, well, Brock has gone the storm also, and uh, me, it's more of a loyalty thing. Uh, they have been a bit flat, so I can't lie. As a fan, I am concerned, but of all people heading into a finals campaign, I have to have faith in Craig Bellamy. To me, he's the closest thing to the Holy Bible and Jesus. So I'm going ha- to have faith in the man that uh, we're at that time of the year. This is when he usually shines, so I'm backing him in. Yep, for sure. Uh, Saturday we move on to and a double header and a, a lot of Roosters fans I read today are not happy about having no, to I... play a home game and share the crowd with another game that saying it was a win for league but they feel like Souths have been favoured by getting a standalone fixture on primetime football and they have to wait to play second on their own home ground when they finish minor premiers. Yeah, Sharks fans too. Very, very cranky on social media today and um Greenberg came out and said, oh, what a fantastic job that he's done, and everyone's happy with it, which is complete bullshit, because most of the people that I'm speaking to and are emailing and are on uh, NRL Gossip Facebook are all very cranky with it, so very strange move, but it's all about money at the end of the day. Let's put it this way. Sharks versus Cowboys first. I'll get your tip, but I've got to put it uh, out there right now. If this is as it should be, which is at Ramondus, because they... You know, supposedly have the right to a home game. I think it, it almost swings in their favour having Carney and all those blokes back. But now that it's at Allianz, uh, I think it's a lot more neutral. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but look, the Cowboys—they just their record um, away from Sydney isn't good. I know they've been on a roll, but look, you throw all that out the window. Come semi-finals, and their their record in Sydney through semis is complete shit house. So I'm going to stick with the Sharks and goodbye Cowboys. Mm. Well, Brock has gone uh, the Cowboys and myself. I've had to stick with them. I'm, I'm a momentum man. I know they've got no record, but they've been playing finals football virtually for six weeks. Uh, they, they don't look too tired to me. Last week, they looked like they were you know, just playing with their food as far as the Tigers are concerned. And the moment they decided to put the foot on the jug, it ended up 50 points. So, uh, I, you know, I think it may also be a bit of a soft spot. I do like the Cowboys, and I really would like to see... Matty Bowen pushed maybe into the final four and, you know, I'm not one to probably shy away from saying that I had him in my grand final at the start of the year. I'd love to see a Parramatta-like run. I really would, but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, kind of, it's funny, too, that the Cowboys have already come out and said, even if the Cowboys win the comp, Neil Henry still hasn't got a job. <laughs> yeah. so. They've got the petition going up there, but uh, I think even Neil Henry said himself, nothing's changed. Uh, they're interviewing people and he's obviously got his head around a few other jobs as well, so... Strange situation, but uh, you've got the Sharkies, me and Boxer have got the Cowboys, so there's an opportunity for you to equalise there. Have to yeah, wait yeah, to see what happens. Yeah, good times. But the other Saturday night fixture, as we said, uh, the Roosters versus the Eagles. The Eagles get back 
Brett Stewart, Anthony Watmau, and also George Tafua back from his little incident there on the Gold Coast last year. So big ups for Manly. Uh, the Roosters, they lose Jared Rorio. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, look, a lot of people have come out and, and said this week that, um, you know, it's finals and we should let them play. But uh, I don't think that way. I think if, if a rule's a rule, then it should be like that for, mm. you know, whether it's that or origin, whether it's a final, well, it, it shouldn't matter. Um, look, I think one week's fine. I was a little disappointed. I, I, you know, it's probably biased because I've come out a million times and said I love him, but I keep looking at the Ben Pomeroy one and I just don't see the consistency. I know he got him up, you know, kind of in the throat area and it was a bit reckless, but Ben Pomeroy virtually smashed Kirk Gidley's face in a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah he should have gone as well. Yeah, a bit, bit vain, you know. I just thought there was not too much uh, difference between. I think the other one was a bit more ruthless, but... Then again, they get Luke O'Donnell. Martin Kennedy was back last week, and they've got Sonny Bill Maloney and a thousand other people. But uh, who do you like, mate? Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to go the Roosters. I think they'll be too strong. Um, I know they didn't have their full squad last week, Manly, but, geez, the Panthers just ran right up the guts through them, and they looked terrible. So um, yeah, they're going to have to really improve against a, a massive forward pack of the Roosters. I think they'll be just too strong. Mm. Well, I'd like to think that they'd be able to get the job done on the edges as they usually do, but they're playing against a side that is uh, very well equipped in the back line, probably besides Sean Kenny Dow, who can be a defensive weakness, but I'm sticking with you. I think with Jake Friend, Sonny Bill, all these kind of guys rolling forward, even without Jared, they've still got a monstrous pack and a good rotation. So uh, I've gone the Roosters. Brock's also gone the Roosters, so we're, we're all on the same page there, but... The last game of the round, Sunday, the Bulldogs, their home game at ANZ Stadium versus the Newcastle Knights. And uh, for me, this one is a bit of a flip of the coin, but uh, what do you reckon? Mate, I'm going to go the upset here at $2.45. I'm going to go the Knights. Um, the Bulldogs, they just really struggle against the Knights, it's, whether it's their style of play or what. But look, they, they lost to them twice already this year. Um, and I just, I like the Knights uh, under Wayne Bennett. Um, his finals record was very, very good, Wayne Bennett. We all know that. And I just think they'll have the boys pumped and they'll be confident from their two wins this year. And, you know, the Bulldogs, you just, you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. You don't know who's going to hop off the bus and want to play. They're just too, too inconsistent for me. And, um, yeah, the Knights will get it. Well, I'm uh, looking at it here, and that's another one different. Brock's gone the Bulldogs, so you've got an opportunity there to to peg another one. So there's two different for the round. Hopefully it's a, a two-sweep one way or the other. But uh, yeah. myself, I've gone with you, not even on upset value. I've just gone Newcastle purely on a, a lot of the things that you've said. And, um, you know, just through what's happened out the year, uh, obviously there was word early on, a lot of people don't want to believe it, but Des Hasler was pretty keen to pretty much get rid of Ben Barber because he knows what a cancer's like in the club. This whole situation... That's happened this year. As much as everyone likes to tonight, there's more to it. They're not the side that they were. It's got nothing to do with the change in playing staff. They've still got a very similar side, but I think there's just a bit of disharmony, and I think their season's going to come to an end at the hand of Newcastle. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same feel as it did last year for the Bulldogs, does it? No, even like you said, they've still got their set way through. That's what a good side will do for you, but there's definitely not the love, the bromance and the connection that you do need to probably go on and win a comp. There seems to be, uh, you know, a little bit of un- underlying, uh, you know, issues that obviously they all keep denying, but it's, it's shown on the field. They're not the same team they were last year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no, well put, you're exactly right. But uh, we're looking at it here. We've all gone the Storm. Uh, you've got the Sharks. We've both got the Cowboys. We've all gone the Roosters. And me and you 
on the Knights, Brock's on the Cowboys. So a couple of different, a little bit of movement there. I'm obviously playing for the wooden spoon now. I've got nothing to gain. I'm in the Parramatta situation. I might blood a few uh, young guns over the next few weeks. <laughs> but uh, you and Box had one point separated with a couple of rounds to go. So shibby shibby. Yeah. We, we've got a race on our hands. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. And you boys picked your charity bet uh, this week? Uh, I think he sent through me before that we have gone. 12.5 start on the Storm, 12.5 start on the Cowboys, and 12.5 start on the Roosters, which brought us somewhere up around the $2 mark. And uh, last week, we absolutely got burned. I went the 100 on the Titans at $8, thinking that Melbourne would rest their players, and they still... Took them to Golden Point. I was on the couch. Let's just put it this way: I wasn't a very happy man. And, and I'm a I'm a Storm supporter, but I really wanted the the hundred dollar charity bet brought to you by Centibet to uh, fire off for the Shepherd Centre because that would have been an absolutely huge win. That would have been, wouldn't it? Wow, eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars. I did message you and tell you that they weren't going to be rested, but anyway. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, it didn't matter. It was We put the bet in early in the week, but uh, myself, I was more worried also for myself. I had a personal investment in that game. <laughs> yeah, of course. You and your brother. Yeah, I did think of that when I was watching the game. Yeah, well, it did hurt. I, I love Melbourne. Don't get me wrong. I was happy about the two points, but the money, all the money for the charity and all the money to do for myself, it's all gone. <laughs> Uh, do, we, do we know what we're up to now on the kitty? Or? Uh, I think we're still sitting on 900. That would have been a, a monster. That was 1,700 we're about to jump to. But I'm pretty sure, uh, and God bless Senebet for this, that we are still going to be able to bet through the World Cup. So plenty of opportunities to hopefully chuck into the kitty by the end of the year and uh, make a nice contribution to the Shepherd Centre. No, fantastic. That's brilliant. Great times. But uh, if that wraps everything up, mate, with the tips and the word, uh, great times. We're, we're getting to the point here, and I'm starting to feel the the post-football season depression, but at the same time, I'm absolutely pumped this weekend to watch the finals, and uh, we're going to find out who the true champion is. The uh, new season starts this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if, if you could choose your ultimate grand final over the teams last year, would you like to see that? Uh, mate, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously probably always going to chuck Melbourne in. Uh, I'd, I'd really like, uh, from my own point of view, to go watch Melbourne play the Roosters, but if I was going to take my purple and yellow eye out, and I don't think I don't think it's going to happen, uh, maybe because of the sides of the draw that they're on. But I, ideally, I think everyone would love to see Souths versus the Roosters in Sydney. I, I could just imagine how nuts that would be on a, on a grand final day atmosphere wise. I, I would like to see that, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm still going to have my purple and yellow eye in. Unfortunately, what about yourself? Yeah, no, you know, I agree. I'd love it to be Roosters rabbits. Um, I work in the CVD, and um, yeah, it's just so crazy. Already, there's couriers driving around with rabbit flags, rooster flags. So, just imagine grand final week. It'd be like the old days, you know. Oh, mate, we'll think sixty thousand, the biggest, you know, normal round attendance, and uh, you know, Melbourne and Brisbane, for Christ's sake, still bring eighty-eight for a grand final. But imagine the two teams of Sydney in the heart of the CVD, like you said, playing grand final day at ANZ Stadium. That would be absolutely insane. Yeah, wow. The NRL, it'd be fantastic for them. Their mouth would be watering. Mm. And, uh, well, it's another one of those situations. The last couple of years, they've been whinging about uh, out-of-state teams. I think it's only North Queensland and Melbourne this year. So six Sydney teams in it. Uh, a lot more of a chance for a lot of people that have been uh, whinging that the, the outside teams are dominating. So we'll have to wait and see if a, a Sydney team can get the, the job done this year. Well, actually, I, mean, I don't know why people are complaining about that. I mean, 2010 was only, what, two, three years ago, and mm. it was, what, Dragons and Roosters, so I don't think it's that bad. But, 
Yeah, I'd be stoked. There we go. <laughs> I'd be absolutely <laughs> stoked. That that would be my grand final prediction from the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Mm. All right, mate. Well, uh, thanks as always for the inside word. We'll uh, see how those tips work out. And like you said about the centre bet, bet before, hopefully we get a bit more money in the kitty for the Shepherd Centre by the end of this week. But uh, we'll, I'll talk to you next week, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, mate. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. After changing the order and starting off with Mr. Gossip, we now have Brock back with us and we're going to do our fast five. So, uh, highlight, low light, best player of the round, worst player of the round, and any topics of discussion. Kicking off, Brock, uh, what was your highlight? Highlight was uh, the Titan Storm game. I thought it was a cracker. Well, I know we both enjoyed it. We were texting in between, both uh, obviously our teams going head to head. And I just, Golden Point probably overshadowed a little bit, it became a lottery, but. Um, even though we got beat, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought it was um, the most exciting game of the round, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other one is just obviously it's finals time. So Fair enough. Um, the weather starts to get a little bit warmer and, uh, you know, the footy's uh, about to end. But um, before it does, I think we've got a great uh, final series ahead of us. And I think all, t- all eight teams can consider themselves um, some sort of chance of, of winning the comp, So, mm-hmm. which is probably the first time that's happened in, in several years. Well, for me, my highlight was uh, the Matty Bowen send-off up there in North Queensland. He had an absolute cracker. He did. Uh, they played with their food a little bit and let it get back to 22 all. But, my God, that's the reason I picked the Cowboys to be in the grand final because when they put their foot down, the ease of the way the points came and just how good they are to watch. They're a fantastic football side. And yeah. Hopefully, Matty Bowen's uh, send-off tour lasts for another couple of weeks. But uh, what about your low light? Uh, low light was... The decision in the in that game, the Titans game, the Aiden season no try. I thought that was an absolute howler. Um, the other one is obviously Ricky Stewart. Yeah, you know we've well, woken up this morning to the to the news of it. Obviously, we're recording late this week, and um, it's probably a bloody good thing we did uh, because his decision to leave. And I know his his manager has they've played the situation really well. Like on Sunday, yeah. on Sunday he comes out and says, well. Uh, you know we're um, we're not leaving. I, we haven't spoken to Canberra. Um, my contract's with the Eels. Okay, no worries. And despite all the rumour that we've heard probably over the last two or three weeks, we then get to Wednesday night. They release a, a press release after midnight on th- early Thursday morning, saying that he's he's leaving, obviously to avoid the papers. Yeah, well, um, he's copped a hammering on radio this morning. Uh, but they've played it well. They're, they're going to play the card that um, he's. You know, he's obviously got a child that's got autism, which is, you know, that's obviously, it goes way over rugby league's head. Um, and if there are personal circumstances that um, mean that he needs to move, so be it. But my question would be if if he had a, if he didn't have a contract offer from Canberra, Canberra. would he be leaving Parramatta? And I think yeah. the answer would be no. Well, this is my issue with it. Like I said, I completely understand that. We remember MJ bringing it up and yeah. he said today that he's got... His family, his missus family, the brothers, the sisters, the grandparents, everyone's in Canberra, yep. and I'm fine with that. But uh, he signed a three-year deal. He's the one who's culled 12 players, and now somebody's got to come in again and uh, you know pick Clean up. up and and as much as we don't want to talk about it, their main signing from two years ago 
<clears throat> committed to Stephen Kearney and a different board. Yeah. With Will Hopwide, then said, okay, we're happy with Ricky Stewart and the board, and now another coach and the board are tearing each other apart. So yeah. they're as much as I don't like players flipping on contracts, that they are jeopardising this on their own. Their board is disgusting. Their coaching situation is horrible. CEOs uh, are a bit how, of a... how do you feel that? Like, if I'm a key player heading to a club like that and everything just keeps flipping over, I don't know how I can feel comfortable going to a place like that. It's fucking... It's a disgraceful situation. For me, but I, I, if I'm with Hopalade, I'm more concerned to getting my own form right. Um, he was obviously a, a brilliant player when he left the game. He's been out for two years. Um, I just I push the wait and see button on this in terms of the whole lot. I mean, the Parramatta border are a disgrace. Uh, they drive their own agenda. Uh, they undermine both the coach and the CEO. The CEO they they need someone in there, um, and obviously the new CEO has only just come in. So you got to give him time to uh, implement his strategies and his, his leadership. But um, they need a CEO in there that's tough. They need a coach in there that's tough. And someone needs to make the players accountable. In all of this, they're a rugby league club. Mm. They're paid to be successful on the field, and they're far from that. But uh, there's an old saying that, you know, your front office is a representation or is the head of your organisation. And that uh, analogy rings true with Parramatta because they're, they're a basket case. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and you look at, you know, what Gould's done here at Penrith. Uh, they need someone... Maybe they'll try and clone Gus and get him there because that's 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 what they need. They need someone to put a broom right through the place, get people back focused on on the bigger picture, and that is winning rugby league games. Yeah, um, but they're all pulling in different directions at Para. But it could be a podcast all on its own, Parramatta. But yeah, um, we'll move on. Yeah, well, my low light, I'm not going to go too much into it, was the Stewart situation, but from a Melbourne point of view, hearing that the Storm had offered George Rose a contract. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, fair enough, too. I, I know they'll probably strip him down 15, 20 kilos. And, Maybe they've you got a, um, a lot of food left from the caterers yeah, they well, want to get rid of. Whatever the circumstances are, I'm pretty happy with the young side we've got. The only one who won't be there, part of that side next year, is Widop and Jason Riles. So virtually McLean or Harris comes in. Yeah. They put one more person on the bench. I think Dane Weston we picked up on the cheap. He's been playing well, but he's been yeah. restricted due to second tier. And we signed Cody Walker, who I'm a big fan of Queensland Cup Player of the Year. Yeah, so, well, that's uh, one that we've obviously let, let away. You've got a good opinion of him, and I've, I've heard a lot of people uh, sing his, his praises. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I've seen him play. I haven't seen him play. So. No, but we've um, all seen what happens when a lot of people go to Melbourne. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. So he, that's, that's another one that, yeah. He has the best situation in the NRL as far Not as wrong. getting picked up as a six with the three plays he's got around him. And if he's been doing as well as he has the last two years, yep. winning the Q Cup Player of the Year off his own bat, put him in with a system like that, and I'm, I'm sure Agree or disagree with me, I don't mind, but I think the Queensland Cup's far, far ahead of the New South Wales Cup in mm. terms of standard. Yeah, well, I'm probably with you as far as uh, evenness is concerned. Yeah. But uh, my best player of the round, uh, I was torn between... Sonny Bill, Dave Taylor, and James Maloney, but I've been singing his praises all year, and I'm going to continue to do so because he yeah. just seems to continually not get the raps. Is James Maloney? No. All the raps keep going to Sonny Bill or this person. I think, or... I think without without Sonny Bill, Maloney doesn't look as good. I think but without Maloney, Sonny Bill doesn't look as I've, good. I flip the coin and say the one out of that's getting more credit than he deserves, and he's been helped by both of them is Mitchell Pearce. And, mm. I said it last night to Gossip. I'm not bashing Mitchell Pearce because I wish he was a good halfback. I wish we'd won New South Wales games with him and I wish him all the best. But he, he this year, has to thank Sonny Bill and James Maloney. They've virtually been the six and the seven. He may as yeah. well put the six on Sonny's back and put the seven on Maloney's because he takes all the responsibility. Yeah. 
Definitely. So, yeah, I've gone with and, him. And when Maloney has a poor game, the Roosters are really poor. Yeah. Whereas when Pierce has a poor game and the other two play really well, yeah. you don't sort of notice it as much. But Maloney is... still, you know, he runs the ball. He plays direct. He makes efforts. He puts his... Bo- There's so many boxes I could, yeah. I could rant and rave all day. I said three years ago, obviously we weren't doing the podcast three years ago, when he was at the Warriors, that I thought he was a New South Wales origin player. Yeah. And a lot of people were still laughing, going, oh, yeah, they made the grand final that year. Mm. But he's gone on from strength to strength and continued to prove to me why I like him so much as a yeah. player. Um, mine, I had, obviously, Dave Taylor, uh, and that was more out of frustration. I mean, yeah. you, you've well, heard you everyone saying this week, you know, what if what if they would have got that from round one? Yeah, well, where's um, he been all year? And, you know, we heard Gordy, obviously we went to Matty John's on Monday night, and Gordy said, well, he's he's pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. He's, he's done this at Brisbane, he's done it at the Rapids, and now he's doing it at the Titans. This is the problem, because he plays these three or four good games, uh, you know, at any club he's at, and he pulls the wool over everyone's eyes, and, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sick of it. I've just got to say, why can't he do that every game? And the other one I want to give a sneaky rap to is Tohu Harris. He, I thought he was brilliant game. in that uh, Titans game. Every time he got the ball, he was just running through blokes, offloading. Um, I thought he was a real standout for Melbourne. Well, I know you got sick of hearing me last year blow up every time we put somebody in, like Jamin Lowe and that, telling you why aren't we playing Tohu Harris. Yeah. And I know you're not a big fan of the 20s. You said to me, he's just a 20s player. But he was playing double games. He was playing. But I, yeah, I even think this year, start of the year, he was probably still a twenties player. Uh, now he's starting. He he's starting to really Mate, become a. His first game in the world. He'll be a starter next year. His first game in the World Club Challenge to me was enough to show why he yeah. should have been playing last year. Yeah. And you want a, a rap on this kid? Last year he played double games. He played twenties and Queensland Cup at Brisbane East. Four games both weekends most yeah. of the year. The bloke is an absolute weapon. Well, it's showing, yeah. Our worst player. I don't have a worst player. I'm probably a bit uh, dodgy on this. I always end up picking a team, but I just couldn't get over how disgusting Canberra were. Yeah, they were Six good. losses to end the season. Uh, all their senior names, again, where were they? They'll know to be seen. Cam Pease, supposed to be their leader. He was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, carries their, on like a baby, that player. Their ruck was horrible. And the sad thing, again, is their three better players were all their kids again. Anthony Milford, Jared Croker, and Paul Vaughan, who got their Rookie of the Year last night. And Milford won the Meninga Medal in his first year of first grade. Yeah. It shows how bad the senior players have been this year. Tell you what, Jared Croker's come good the back end of the season. It's been really good. Yeah, like in a, in a side that's performing fairly poorly. Um, my worst was Adam Reynolds on Friday night. Not, I don't think he, collectively he was a worse player, but I, I was really frustrated with his, his all-round game. Like His kicking game was poor. I thought they lacked composure um, in both, uh, especially attack, but... More in particular, the attack, um, attacking the Roosters' line was just really poor. So uh, if he continues to play like that, and I hope his form isn't plateauing um, because South Sydney need him playing uh, much better than that if they're going to be a, uh, a genuine threat in the next four weeks. Yeah, well, from a Melbourne point of view, I hope he keeps playing like that only for yeah, this week. And just then this he week. can do whatever he wants after that. Yeah. But uh, some discussion topics to come out of the week. We're not going to go too into depth about them right now because we've probably gone a bit longer than we should have for the fast five but these are ones we'll put up on the page to get your thoughts Ricky Stewart's situation we've already put that up today yeah uh we've probably already gone past the the DUI for Mitchell Allgood not a good look for Mad Monday but um you know we'll we'll let that one go but Milford and Papali supposedly drinking two days before that New Zealand Warriors game and Andrew Duneman who has a background in welfare has said that they've come out now Uh, they weren't punished they weren't sat down so I think this may be a bit of a problem developing there. Supposedly they're both feeling a bit of stress, but Canberra is now implemented next year mental and welfare training into their pre-season program to try and teach these guys all around, especially because of how young the side is, which is his main point, their responsibility as first graders, how to handle the situation and um, you know ways to avoid 
ending up out on the drink or ruining their opportunity, as has happened to players like Dugan, Ferguson, and Carney, the likes before You've got to question um, the parenting of these blokes. I, I know, and this is probably a classic situation for, um, you know, the argument of, and like you said, that Milford's now in Canberra, his parents are in Queensland, I think Papali's are in Queensland as well, aren't they? Yeah, I think they actually might have been moved down with him. I think okay. they might be well, that, there now. Yeah, sure. I mean, they when when you take these players so young, and the the age where players are getting signed is getting younger and younger and younger, and it's it's taking players and placing them in environments which obviously some of them aren't ready for, but it's taking them away from their parents. Yeah, this um, is this basic is a, schooling, basic. This like, is, like, you can't tell me that an educated, uh, you know, twenty year old, twenty one year old knows. Not nah. to drink two days before a game. But this is our situation the other week, well, a bit off topic, with our Mad Monday, with younger blokes yeah. not mingling in with the older fellas, and this is kind of their problem. They're put into... I'm not saying they don't have responsibility. When you've got a kid that's just turned 18, win your player's player medal, and he's playing in the best rugby league competition in the world with older blokes that are, you know, yeah. men and should know better, they, they just fall into the environment. You're one of the boys, you're in that side, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or you're 30, that's just kind of how it is, but... Yeah. They should be, the senior group probably should be doing more to steer the younger blokes in particular. Well, I'm not saying it's all their fault, but if you've got an 18-year-old bloke in your team, you should be steering them clear, especially in their first few years, to try and make them a role model so when younger yeah. blokes come in again, they take the same lead. Yeah, I've got to say, yeah, leadership um, is a big thing. Mm. I know when we were both going through, um, I didn't have an older brother, but um, you definitely look, look to uh, someone to lead you in the right direction, and especially from someone that's been there and done that. Um, yeah, well, you would have thought they've got enough uh, guys that have played NRL down there. Kamali, Ferner, um, Dunaman. Uh, so you'd think there'd be enough guys down there to sort that out. But yeah, well, it just doesn't, doesn't seem to be shining through with it, especially the amount of alcohol-related incidents down there this year. Yeah, well, there must be more than five. They've got this welfare. I think Dunaman's done the right thing. Everyone yeah. seems to keep brushing it. He's implemented this program himself. They're all going to be doing it in the off-season. doesn't matter if they're older or younger, but in particular, his focus was how young the core of that team is. They need to learn the situation they're in and you know how they need to handle themselves. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a good one. And the last one, I don't want to go too uh, far into this, but pretty straightforward. Uh, there's been talk, Blake Ferguson to the Roosters, if Sonny Bill is out, do you let him get registered or no, you don't? I, I put it up on our page. I thought how he acted last week was disgraceful. Yeah, well, um, and I think that NRL should deregister him for a year. I don't think we need to go any further because I think the exact same thing. What he's done um, is far worse than anything that Todd, Todd Carney did. So if he, got well, if he got deregistered for a year, he has to be deregistered. Is that what happened with Carney? He got deregistered, he got deregistered for, a year, for a year. So he had to go play well, park yeah. footy, and then the year after they said, you know, they had all those stipulations for him to come back at the Roosters. Mm. But uh, I'd easily be fine. I, I don't think Blake Ferguson should be working at a pub, but... No. <laughs> There's no way he should be working at a pub. But, uh, that wraps up the Fast Five. That wasn't that fast, but it uh, doesn't matter. We're going to jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com Alrighty, reviews of the games from the weekend. Started on Thursday night with the Broncos, a 16-11 victory uh, over the Bulldogs. And uh, the only way I can look at this game was a story of great line defence, really. Mm. Line defence from both sides was absolutely... Outstanding. The Broncos did get the win, but all three tries came off kicks. Uh, they had plenty of little set plays there that almost came off, but on the flip side, same deal down the other end of the field. The Bulldogs had a lot of set plays or opportunities, but 
uh, both defended their line really well. Yeah, I thought the Bulldogs um, tried to play too lateral, and they looked like they were punching through the middle of the Broncos' forward pack fairly easily. I just I didn't understand the game plan. Obviously, uh, the Bulldogs probably had less to play for than what the Broncos did. Like the Broncos were sending out Prince. It was their last home game. They had a disappointing season, whereas the Bulldogs sort of knew that they couldn't make the top four. Um, at worst, they were going to get a home semi next week anyway. So uh, I think that might have, might have come into it. And I'm filthy because I, I had a fair wall on the dogs in this game. I thought they'd win, but yeah, well, I'm pretty I, angry. I really wanted to tip the Broncos. I couldn't bring myself to, but as was... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The flavour of the round, any team that seemed to have nothing to play for, bar sending players off, uh, got the job done. Yeah. But I'm with you, the dogs look flat. Uh, you know, they're on the back foot all game. I thought Brisbane should have posted probably a thousand tries. They were parked in their line. Mm. I thought that's the best game Scotty Prince has played in oh, probably three years. I think a lot of them had their best game, but the problem is, as we've said already, it's too it's, little, too late. It's at the end of the year. They did send Prince off in his 300th and uh, Stag, a bit unknown, the poor bastard in his 200th. But uh, good efforts in particular, I thought. From uh, Matt Gillette, as always, he's become the crutch after Justin Hodges got hurt. Prince, yeah. like you said, Parker, Maguire, what did you, Corey uh, Oates. Corey Oates was outstanding yeah. again. What did you make of Barber coming on off the bench? Well, and well, then they had to move. They moved Lafay. Uh, they moved. I think they brought Reynolds off. Uh, sorry, Morris off in the last twenty. Like it just seemed well, really dumb. Like, if he's not fit enough to start, don't play him. Well, I don't understand it because he's done it again this week. He's named him on the bench. Uh, Has he really? Yeah. Oh. And I'm, I'm disappointed because I watched a young bloke who I like a lot, Lachlan Burr, play the week before, who only got like ten minutes and went berserk. And he, he's in the mould again of a Fanukin and a Jackson. I'd rather have those kind of players ready to go than mm. waste a bench spot it's just on ridiculous. a fullback and reshuffle my side. If he's yeah. If he wants to nick somebody off to put Morris back there or he wants to put Barber somewhere, you know, you, you, you can't be carrying a fullback on your bench. Mm. What about Sammy Thorday packing down into the Bulldog scrum? Uh, quite amusing. That was funny. Big fan. But, and um, the ref called timeout too. He didn't realise it was Sammy Thorday. The only real thing that keeps ringing in my ears, like I said, their forward pack again did the job. I thought McCulloch was outstanding as well. But um, that Corey Oates, I can't wait to see what he's like in two years' time. Yeah. This is a back row from the 20s playing on the wing killing it on the wing, and physically, you know, he's a massive frame, but he hasn't filled out, but I can't wait to see him in a couple of years as a back row yeah, or a centre. Looks like he's got a lot of potential. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. If he's not a rep player, I'm not here. Mm. He's going to be a weapon. Unfortunately, he's a Queenslander, so yeah, well, it's probably another one. Usual. But... I thought they kicked the field goal too early, too. Yeah, well, they gave themselves away and they got burnt, which yeah. is, uh, you know, they and did. They tried to defend it. Put um, the cue on the rack. They made a lot of half breaks and just couldn't score. It was frustrating me all night. Oh, I thought that the Brisbane made more, but Brisbane didn't give up. They persisted for 80 minutes and they got the result, even if it was off three kicks. It was an but, ugly, um, ugly try the last one, but they, oh, all, mate. Uh, they all count the same. Did you think oh, if Jack Reed touched it? Uh, no, I thought it was a try, to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was a try. I was pretty happy with it. But I know there were a few Bulldogs fans blowing up on our Facebook site. On, on the dog side of things, once again, another Dave Taylor situation. I thought T-Rex probably had his best game. It's yeah. probably good timing because they're in the finals, but where's he been all year? Uh, Josh Reynolds, I thought he was really good. He tried hard. and Barber, he did have limited time, but he was pretty good the other night considering he had limited 
touches, but their forwards were disgusting. They need to step up big time this week because yeah. if uh, they play like that, the Knights will beat the crap out of them. They have a back line that all five backs have almost made 100 metres every game for the last 10 rounds. So they'll get cut to pieces by the little men if they don't watch out. But Friday night, the Sydney Roosters wrapped up the minor premiership 24 to 12 over South Sydney, 12-10 at half time. The game looked... Uh, you know, it f- fairly tight. There was plenty of feeling, but Sonny Bill Williams and James Maloney in particular just took control, and uh, Souths had no answer. They got put to the sword. They were under pressure, and uh, the Roosters got the job done. Mm, I thought it was an ugly game. Uh, mm. It didn't, didn't sort of live up to... It boiled over uh, a bit, though. The focus went away from the footy. Yeah. Oh, I just thought they both looked nervous. They both looked a little agitated um, and, and off their game. I think that's perfect for both these sides heading into the finals. Melbourne and Manly are those really hard-nailed... They know finals footy. At least these two sides have had a bit of a dress rehearsal now before the finals. Um, good luck splitting the top four. Uh, yeah. Because I, I thought Rabbitohs were really off their game, and I thought that's probably the worst they've played. Oh. Maybe, not all season, but the worst they've played in, in recent memory, apart from that first 20 minutes against the Tigers. I'm still... We've, um, we obviously had our split view on who would win the minor premiership or who we prefer. I'm still... Uh, with the Roosters, even though they lost the penalty count 11-5 and got yeah, the job yeah, done. Yeah. I, know, I, I know that could hurt The them. Roosters could only do what they could do. Yeah, I know. They, they could only beat the Rabbitoh side that was there on the night. I, I know it could hurt them in the long run, but they just have a certain... They've got an attitude that goes with the penalty count. They're not mm. worried about it. They always seem to be there. They're just a menacing, very yeah. aggressive... I, I thought that South had a lot of chances to apply pressure to the Roosters, mm. but just didn't execute. And uh, there's there's a multi, multiple occasions where... South almost scored. Um, I can think of a few. Yeah. You know, Burgess got pushed over the sideline. Yeah, then you go Dylan back. Walker gets the ball over the yeah, well, over the line. You still got to go back to the best defensive side, um, the comp being the Roosters. Yeah. And also, if there's anyone who scored some long range tries this year, or has firepower to do so. It's again the Roosters. Yeah, they're a team that. Attacks. But I just saw enough when they when they got beat by the Sharks and beat by the Titans that yeah. there is a recipe there to beat them. Yeah. Um, oh, I think there is, but I'm not not discounting those just performances. They, but they after nine in a row, off their, they get sides off their game. Yeah, but after nine games in a row, I didn't see them winning all the way through the finals. So no. I think they, you know, I think I look at Trent Robertson a bit like the Bellamy theory. I reckon they lulled off a little bit. Yeah. He wouldn't have wanted them to go hammer and tong for 16 wins in a row to you win can't. the competition. You can't. So I'm not really worried about those results. I saw enough on Friday again to remind me why yeah. uh, I, I like them a lot. What but, about the Dylan Napa try on Burgess? Uh, no tackle on. Burgess when he was going over to score. I love the bloke. Cracker. He tries to kill everyone that's number one. He's aimed up on Gallon and he whacked him. Mm-hmm. He, he aimed up the other night on Burgess. I don't even think he's worried about stopping the try. I think he just saw Sam Burgess so I'm going to try and whack this bloke. Well, look, for me, the, the turning point in the game was a Dylan Walker drop. If he grounds that, they take the lead with 25 to go. I think it's a different game. But the Roosters, after that, go over. They scored two really quick tries and mm-hmm. that sort of put the game in the bag. And um, As you said, James Maloney... He was great. Mm. And then Sonny Bill pops him and, and passes it off to uh, Pierce, who scores. And yeah, I thought the Pierce game was done then. So it's just it's that one moment, isn't it? And South, they got found out again. Yeah, a couple well, of crucial moments went against them. But they just seemed to drop their bundle, South, and then concede points. So Well, here's one for you, though. And I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I think it's a double standard because I love Sam Burgess and I love Jared Ray Hargroves. But how he didn't get suspended well, for the eye gouge exactly. and the knee and the hand to the face... Yeah, Jared, like, you know, it's a week. it was illegal. But what about Ben Pomeroy's one earlier in the year? But if, what about the fact it's a final? Exactly. But I don't what get it. They go, oh, they give him a warning and say it's a bit of friendly fire. Bloody eye gouge is not friendly fire. No. Pushing a bloke who's been held down by three men doesn't make you a big bloke and leave him with your leg. If he gets a week for the bloody bumper, 
I'm Sam watching Burgess. it. I'm watching yeah. it now, and it's it doesn't look good. The Jared Rear one, but yeah, but I, you now. But the grubby crap that Burgess. Oh, I agree, and I, I put it nothing. on Facebook saying that I, I thought that I didn't think that either of them deserved to be suspended. But surely, if if they're going to suspend Jared Rear, they have to suspend Burgess. Yeah. Oh well. Um, the eye gray. The eye grays is. It's a dog. The only, the only reason why I think Jared Weir got suspended, and I'm watching it, nah, but I think if he if that was the ball-carrying arm, if he's got the ball in that arm, I think he, he gets away with it. Because obviously you can't, you know, you're using your forearm to bump blokes off. That happens in every tackle. Well, that's why but it, because I'm it was a non-ball-carrying arm, it looks they're worse, saying that he could have extended the arm, which... I sort of understand, but then again, he probably didn't have the time. When, to when you're that. running around and people are trying to whack you, you like I said, I did happen. think he raised it. Yeah. I, I did think he raised it. I, still, but I, still, I, I don't think it, I didn't think it warranted a suspension. I'm, but then I'm, you've got the people that argue, and I, I tend to agree. Yeah, but we, what if what about the Ray Thompson one? Yeah, what about Burgess though? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. If, if that one's in the jug, I know Ray Thompson's was a shoulder. Yeah, but what if what, if what, he, about ben what if that breaks Chris McQueen's jaw? Yeah, I know. But when, what about Ben Pomeroy and Kirk Gidney? No, I agree. That was on the jaw. He didn't get suspended. No. That's, I'm looking at that. If that's the reference for a forearm, then, he doesn't get suspended. We said this at the start of the year. Why don't they have a video catalogue of this is what this looks like? This is standard. This is a grade one dangerous contact. They ben should Pom- get all of them and put them on a video. And ben Pomeroy's is not a, a, at least a week. Yeah. That's not a week. So. No, I agree. But it's funny that, you know, I'll bet you if the Roosters were running 15th, he wouldn't have got suspended. Well, this is my other problem, though. They argued about carryover points. Sam Burgess this year's had there the squirrel. There shouldn't be carryover points. Sam Burgess had the squirrel grip. A couple of head highs, spear tackles. He's been suspended as well. Yeah. And then he gets a friendly tap on the shoulder for three dog shots in one game. Jared no, does I, one thing I don't thing like carryover points. If you if you make a poor choice on the field, you get charged with what the points you deserve. Yeah. After that, forget it. Well, on top of that, they had a bad night, but Burgess missed eight tackles, so he needs to calm down and clean himself up for four. He really lost his composure. Yeah. yeah. And um, if, if I'm any other team... But I'm, heading forward, what did you make of the game? I, I think... I didn't think Melbourne were great, and obviously we're going to get to the Melbourne game. Um, but well, I, for I, me, I, and I think Manly, Manly weren't great, but Manly and Melbourne sort of, again, knew where they were going to finish. You can't judge anything until final start. Melbourne mm. finished the year sloppy. I'm obviously hoping, being a Melbourne fan, that this is just a typical... again. Lull, I think Manly would, you know, they already, the same. They said they had an eye on next week. Daily Chairman said it. They got 16 nil up and they just fell off. But they're going to get Stewart, Tafua and Watmau back. So. Do you think that, that game takes anything out of the Rabbitohs and the Roosters heading into this week? Not really. I think if anyone's going to be suffering, it's Melbourne. I was dirty that they played those players and then we played Golden Point. So yeah, but they've got to show you a Saturday to Friday still, still a short turnaround for 90-minute game. Yeah, They're the ones more likely out of anyone to suffer, but... Uh, I'm still on on the Roosters. I think Souths have got plenty, but I'm still on the Roosters. But, okay. uh, yeah, they've got Manly. Souths have got the Storm. Uh, I'm obviously going to back the Storm in, but I think uh, that 90 minutes may hurt if they do lose. Manly and the Roosters. I'm still going to go the Roosters. Martin Kennedy come back last week. Uh, Luca Donald's back. They've still got too many good players. I think they'll win first week. Mm. But uh, Saturday, this one I don't want to spend too much time on. Two teams didn't have much to gain. 19 to 10, St. George in front of a, a pretty small crowd. Uh, got up over the Warriors. I thought it was just very average by the Warriors, and it summed they up were their terrible. summed up their season. Any time a game meant something, or they needed to get in the grind, they just couldn't do it. Uh, the Dragons sent off Fiend, Wayman, and Cooper, 
uh, in a good fashion. I thought that, uh, you know, especially Fiend had a pretty good game. He played until he was absolutely buggered and had to come over. Same as Prince. Like, sit down. They've both been fairly ordinary all year, and then they played their last game and they were sensational. You know what? I think Fiend was a bit hard done by that. And I told you last week that how Price put all the pressure on him. Yeah, he's to, not a half. To be the seven and to do all the kicking, like, you know, even Quinlan. Quinlan's a bloody fullback, not a six. Yeah. The Dragons try, I think that the first try the Dragons scored, um, that Quinlan did score, I thought that was almost try of the season. That was a cracker. Mm. But, uh, uh, but the Warriors, how much ball did they have and just couldn't get over the line? They were they, terrible. They looked tired. Uh, they had zero care factor. There was a possibility of the eight. We all knew that wasn't Yeah, but I would have expected them to come out yeah, but much that, better. That's why I've just related to it. Their season is summarised in this game. Anytime there was a game that meant something or they needed to get in the grind and get the job done, they and just... Both, uh, both Warriors trials were off kicks. Yeah, well, for St. George, I just keep referring to what I have all year. DeBellin, Frizzell... Uh, Stockwell, Rain, Garvey, you know, all these young blokes, they're all big time next year. And then you've got Williams, Widop coming in in the halves. Uh, you know, they've got the young English forward, Mike Cooper. They've got Josh Dugan and Trent Marin, I think a lot of people forgot about. I'm going to say it right now. I think they're going to be a smoky for the eight with all those young players if they can get it right. Well, they bloody want to be. That uh, roster. That's a pretty loaded roster. And I think Ben Crane moving to the front row, he's been outstanding in the middle. He has been. He runs that same old dodgy line. You've obviously heard me blow up plenty this year saying he's wasted in the back row because he doesn't do anything different. Mm. But uh, he's had a couple of 180... He's a bit Ruben Wicky. 180 and 90 metre games three times in a row since he moved the prop. He started at centre. Leg speed. His first couple of games, I mm. think, and I could be wrong. I'm sure Dragons fans will correct me, but... I'm pretty sure he started off in the centres as a young bloke, moved into the back row and now into the front row. He could be the white Reuben. Yeah, well, I thought... He's been uh, playing excellent. For that, for the Dragons, like I said, for the Warriors being down, I'll give full credit to the Dragons. I thought, in particular, uh, Nightingale and Cray, like we said, Fien, uh Brett Morris, and Charlie Runciman, the young bloke in the centres there. A uh, lot, lot of positives moving forward. Big off-season, a lot of new players coming in. Steve Price next year, I'm just chucking it out there right now. He's got no excuse anymore. I think they've recruited pretty well. Uh, Joel Thompson and Daryl Farrell, two other guys I forgot. He's got a very young roster, uh, nicely built up. So next year's the year. If they're not in the eight, he gets the sack. So. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Warriors, they're going to pretty much have the similar side besides Elijah Taylor, and they've bought a good replacement in Bakuya. So uh, Matty Elliott, I think, is in the same boat. They're a top eight side. They've got too many good players. They need to be playing finals football. Otherwise, he'll probably be on his bike He'll be well. gone next year if they don't make the eight. Yeah, but no finals football for them. Moving on. Uh, we've got the Storm 23 over the Titans 22. In golden point. Wow. Yeah. I still... It hurt. It hurt, but what a great game. It was. A... I, I think it was a good game, but I'm still disappointed from a, a Melbourne perspective. Yeah. From the look... Titans' perspective, I was happy that we competed. The, yeah, but we're in that same spot again. Like Melbourne have got nothing to play for, so why do they run these guys around? They've played 90 minutes now, and on your side, like you said, you, you watch, had to watch a guy that you recruited for half a million dollars destroy Melbourne single-handedly in a game that meant nothing. Mm. So it's, I think it's frustrating from both points of view. It was a great game. It was uh, just entertaining. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. But, you know, you look, I'll just have to give a wrap on another one who probably didn't get as much credit. He'd laid down a couple of times, as he always does, but Greg Bird, he was epic. Mm. 220 metres. He had a massive game. And Ryan James, like I said... I thought he was going to kill Ryan Norrie when oh. he took Aiden Caesar out. I'll tell you what, how did he jab him? And nothing happened. <laughs> Cameron Smith went to the ref and said, I thought we weren't allowed to punch. He's just jabbed him. He's like, well, I didn't see it. I don't so. have a problem with it. Oh, I, I did, couldn't Brian care. Norrie just tried to snap Aiden Caesar's legs Brian off. Brian Norrie, he got penalised about five <laughs> times. He, he had an absolute barricade. <laughs> I think um, in the press conference, I watched the Storm press conference, and Cameron Smith pasted... Brian Norrie, guys, particularly Brian Norrie, gave away heaps of penalties. He had five. He knows he did the wrong thing. And bloody C- that, <laughs> what happened to Who's C- the coach here? Cameron Smith or Craig Bell? What happened to CC Wonga? Oh, he's man. been AFL grabbing everything all year, and the other night, everything they kicked to him with no pressure, he spilt everything. I know. 
I tell you what, I hope he spends every day of this week under the high ball. Yeah. Because if he costs us the game this week, it's, I, I was you know. a, I was I was down the pub with um, one of my good mates, and I was saying, look, why don't we just like work to the middle and kick to Sissy every yeah. every set? Yeah, you get the ball. <laughs> back. You drop the ball. You get the ball back. Oh, uh, probably the only. Mind thing you, he caught. Didn't he catch both to pass to Slater to score? I think he caught nah, the two. O'Neal. He caught. O'Neill threw the ball back to Slater twice. Was it O'Neill? Yeah, Justin O'Neill. You've got to say you've, you've got your shades mixed up. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> you've definitely got them mixed up. I said, yeah, I, I think the, the main talking point was probably uh, near the back end that try or no try. I'm a Melbourne fan, and people on the page to me were like, "You must be blind." He he touched it. He didn't touch it. He hit him in the hand. No. It makes it look like it's gone backwards, but you're allowed to touch the body. But you know what? I don't have a problem even if he did touch it. Yeah, because I know. he. He, he, there's no way he's playing at the ball. But even if we're looking Slater's at Slater's trying to pass it. Yeah, but if it, if it's still that rule where you're going into the tackle, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he hit didn't the touch ball, it. He hit his hand. It looked very close, but he yeah. hit his hand. So yeah. to me, it's a try. And the the thing that annoyed me and made it even more ridiculous is that the on-field call was try. Yeah. That's uh, what annoyed me. Yeah, okay, so there's not conclusive... Well. So there was absolute definitive conclusive evidence to say that he touched that. Yeah, well, eight, joke. $800 for the charity bet account went down and uh, <sighs> also about 600 for myself because I got on the Titans hoping Melbourne would rest. But uh, like I said, my There's mate, no way he hit the ball. I'm watching it now. Yeah, no way in the bad. world. But after six field goal attempts, Cooper Cronk probably slotted the hardest one from 48. He couldn't hit the three he had from in front. Uh-huh, it was a bit of a... It was ugly, wasn't it? I think I figured it out now. You just have to put him 40 or 50 out and he'll kick it. If you put him in front, it's too easy. It was a si- very similar position to the... Uh, Origin one, yeah. yeah. Didn't hit it as good, but he still got it over. The other one was um, the Anthony Dontrol when Jason Rolls comes down and like, elbow bombs him. I'm yeah, like, well, oh. that's been an eight-point trial all season. Yeah, he only got him in the legs, but I still would have made an eight-point trial. I want my bet money, so I was hoping it was going oh, to be. But killed us, didn't uh, it? Out of this again, like I said, Titans. What a field goal. Dave, Dave Taylor, where you've been all year. Disappointing end uh, for them. And on Melbourne's side of things, I just hope the 90 minutes doesn't come back. We to had no eight miles either, so. Yeah, know, well, it's good performance, considering how many players we had out. And to, for John Cartwright... To get in the press conference and say, oh, they, the refs have cost us our season. You imbecile. You Mate, in. Playing crap for 20 weeks costs you a season. Yeah. So, so shut your pull, it, pull it in. Pull yeah, it right in, John. South vs Storm both had a, a you know average last couple of weeks. So we're going to have an interesting game on Friday night. We'll mm. see how that one goes. But uh, We'll be out there. Loving it. Mm. The other game on the, uh, the last game for Saturday night, North Queensland 50-22 to <laughs> over the Tigers. Uh, 22-10 at halftime. 22 all after 10 minutes, but as I said before, this is why I love North Queensland, because when they do feel like uh, putting it on, they play some outstanding football. They ran right second half, just played some absolutely loose football and ran 28 unanswered points in and just 50-22. Matt Bowen, uh, you know, flashbacks there. He cut them to bits. Uh, I, I can't explain how excited I was, but I'm still angry that I picked him for the grand final at the start of the year and they've put themselves in this situation. I hope they run roughshod over the... Sharks. Oh, I do too. I really do. I'd love to see them do a para. I'd love to see North Queensland in the grand final. Yeah. I I know I'm probably living in hope, but if they play like they did, or they keep that up like they did when they bash South, like that brand of football, I'm I'm a massive advocate for how the Cowboys play. Yeah. But uh, Matty Scott has been named. They're not 100% sure. Well, I just just saw him on Fox Sports News then. They just finished the session. He said he he caught, he tackled, he passed, he he did all that. So he's going to play. Yeah, well, if he's back in, I'm even more confident. He's going to play. They're going to hammer the Sharks. The two bulldozers. (laughs) Matty Bowen's got nothing to worry about. Jonathan Thurston even started running six weeks ago, and he hasn't stopped. So uh, the fact everything looks like it's back in place... Good. They've finally nullified the hooker position. They've just told the bastard to pass the ball and stay out of it, which is probably the best thing they could have done. Yeah. JT's run one side. Bowen's back to his best running the other side, and they're running rough shot. I'm, uh, 
Yeah, I'm excited about the Cowboys. Uh, the Tigers, I got excited last year as well. The Tigers, I'm not even going to really talk about uh, you know them in this game. It was another summary of their year, and that was just the young blokes having uh, you know a good year. You got Tim Simona, who got picked for New Zealand. Uh, young Tedesco who's come back from the ACL injury. He's been outstanding. Sirenin's looked great in his few games in the back row. I think they've sorted that out. And uh, you've got blokes like Nofaluma and the like that have played all year. That, that's their only positive to really look at. Um, yeah. As far as recruitment's concerned, I had a look yesterday. Very disappointing. Mm. Like, I know he's, you know, they've freed up Benji, but some of the signings, like Corey Patterson and <laughs> like Martin Tapao, I think he's a good player, but he's barely played for the Bulldogs. Uh, Keith Lalia back from Bradford Bulls. Like, the signings that he has made. They've got plenty of good young kids, but he didn't really chuck anything on top. And they're still trying to offload Adam Blair on his $600,000 deal. So I really hope for Mick Potter's sake that next year they get somewhere near the eight and he saves himself and he gets a chance to spend that free money because what, he, what he's bought in for next year is, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to help me out too much. No, agreed. But Luke Brooks, Nathan Brown, the locks to come in. Yeah, uh, North Queensland, Matty Bowen, Wayne Alugia comes in after Felt. Both these young kids outstanding, scores a hat-trick. Tom Malolo, again, when he feels like having a dig and Jonathan Thurston, he made like three line breaks off the bench. Yeah. Ridiculous. So I'd be very scared if I... I had just... plenty of ball. I know, but I'd be scared if I was the Sharks this week. I'd Good. be I'd be very worried. Especially when they beat them at Ramondas a couple of weeks ago. Oh, mate, if they turn up anything like they did that second half against the Tigers where they actually stopped playing with their food and ate it, yeah. uh, I think the Sharks are going to struggle to contain their attacking brand. If it goes ghetto, though, you know who's winning. Yeah, exactly. If it goes, if it goes prison, it's, yeah. it's Sharks all the way. But if it, if it goes Lewis, it's Cowboys all day. Yeah. But uh, Sunday kicked off with Penrith, 38-26 to over Manly. Uh, Killed good... you in the wind pool. Our little wind pool we yeah. well, I, I, I lost last round, yeah, oh. to a draw. No, but it killed you. It just uh, manly killed you. Sixteen. It, it, it's it's just enhanced your hate of manly even more. <laughs> nah, man. As a man, as a Melbourne fan, I still love Daly Cherry Evans. Though. Yeah, I love the blow. But I mean, then they led what sixteen nil. And I know George Defoe spat on a cop, but I still love him too. Yeah, he's a weapon. I've I've never seen a winger. It was a Queensland copper. I don't care. I've never seen a winger. No, I've I, never I, seen I'm a winger come in. Probably and, deserved it. I tell you what, I'll, like I'll stick by it. He still should have played Origin. This is way off topic, but his ability to finish, make a line breaks, Yardage. Yardage yeah, but line winner. breaks out of dummy half, and then him he's learnt one thing off Matto. That's how to hit anyone that goes down that edge. It's about to get <laughs> a shoulder charge. No, but the last few weeks he's been getting the arms wrapped, hitting the ribs, and throwing them back. I'm like this bloke. I love it. Oh, I love him. Most. I love they both jam in. It's like oh. Matt Eye and then Tafua. Like if I'm if I'm coaching in the NRL pain. right now, we're not going to that edge. We're not going left side. No. Everything's going. Everything's going down the, the right defensive man. Need my left hand <laughs> attack because running up those two is suicide. Suicide. But uh, Manly sixteen nil. They were all over them. They you know and they just fell off. They mm. went to sleep. They were smiling. They're all happy and. Penrith did what uh, Manly have struggled with a lot of the year, which is a big pack. The big boys rolled all over the top of them. Uh, you know you've got a problem when Clint Newton scores a try cutting back on the inside. Yeah. He's, he's the slowest man in the world. Me. He cut off his foot twice and got on the inside. <laughs> Robo. Uh, Seguiaro, again, the sneaky little bastard he got over. He, he's such the a boys, The boys prick. I stand with on the hill and like some old mates from high school and their dads and stuff, and it's, it's good, good fun, but... They all they all chip in ten bucks each every week, right? Mm. Ten blokes to pitch, score a try and put it on Seguiaro to score a try. Well, They've got two and a half grand yeah, out of him this year. Mate, he comes off the bench. I look at that every Unbelievable. week. Unbelievable. Good, like short odds for anyone starting is like two dollars, two fifty. He gets that off the bench. Yeah. So if he's doing that off the bench, I'll, you know you got Timmy Witt. He's he, I'll give him a shout out. He he loves 
old Seggy for a try, and he just no. every time Seggy gets the ball, he screams in his little midget high pitched voice. Yeah. Well, I tell you, come what, on, Seggy! You, you, want, you want to talk again about a contender for try of the year? Their try when it got back to twenty six all with Luke Walsh kicking open side, and good on Dean Farrow not giving the ball to Dave Simmons to be top five <laughs> star for the year. Yeah, Dave, he didn't deserve Dave it. Dave afterwards was like mad spiteful in the hug. I was like, well, you weren't even there in support, yeah, so he yeah. didn't deserve it in the first place. Push up, Dave. But James McManus scored a double, so did David Williams, so he didn't get oh, that award. that's excellent. Just a shout-out to Mr. Gossip. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's equal first with two other people now. No, so, no test jersey for Simo. No, nah, no. Nah, he's going to play for the Cook Islands, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, their, their forward pack rolled over the top. All their last game players, Mossy Masoy, Clint Newton, uh, Luke Walsh, they all had... What about real... Luke Walsh? Played his best football once, Penrith punted him. As soon as he had no pressure on him. <laughs> weirdo. But then again, like I said, I wish he would have played that way, but it, it just shows if the pressure was still he on... He just went into FU mode. Yeah, but he can't can't do the job under pressure. As soon as the, the release valve was pulled, yeah, not a problem. So at the same time, you can't really be dirty. When he was there and he did have all the pressure on him, he couldn't get the job done, so... Yeah. Uh, I'm still not impressed by the Soud and Wallace buyers. I hope that they leave John at six and start with Wallace there. As far as I'm concerned, I'd be doing anything to get rid of Jamie Soud. Mm. But we're going to have to oh, wait and see. It's going to be a year project. Yeah, um, This well, time next year, we might be talking about... As far as I'm Param- concerned. Uh, we might be talking about Penrith in the same vein as what we're talking about um, with Sandow at Parramatta. Well, they need to go forward from here because I know they've overachieved but they just missed the finals. And you know what it comes back to? Again, well, next year, they've got to make the There's a game I blew up about earlier in the year, and it cost them the West Tigers game. Yeah, it did. They should have won that one. Yeah. And they, there was a game the week after during that origin period where we said they'll get in the finals if they win here, and they uh, they effed up, to put yeah. it quite straightforward. They win during that origin period with a few games they shouldn't have lost, and uh, they're playing finals football right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from that one, mainly, I don't take too much. But they beat Parramatta at home. Yeah, so they did. I got my cash. But Clinton Gutherson... Good debut, young Jake Draboyevich. Matty Johns has come out and said he's going to play for Australia. That's a massive rap. Big call, but he, he went well. Yeah. but uh, um, you know, What about Gutherson's ha- uh, haircut, Squirtly? He's from Manly. It's ugly so ass. He's from the beach. He's a shy boy. He goes good, though. He is yeah, a good player. He played well. But uh, Matt I, I thought David Gower, start of the year, he was ordinary. But last couple of weeks, he's been offloading. He looks like he's settled into first grade now. Yeah. He's pushed James Ashton off the bench this week. So, uh, pretty Big good Dave. Effort. But uh, that, that's about all you can bring up. Manly are going to be playing the Roosters. They get Stuart Watmau to fill back. I'm pretty sure they'll throw the kitchen sink, but I still see the Roosters probably getting them this week. Yeah. Uh, other, another Sunday so. fixture. This one we definitely don't need to talk about, really. Newcastle beat the bye 54-6. to uh, mm. This just sums up Parramatta. They gave up, and how could you blame them? Because their coach gave up. Yep. They, he quit on the team. They quit on him probably halfway through the year. But and the funny thing is, to me, this goes back to preseason. And I said it at the start of the start of the year. I thought Parramatta may start fast, and they did. They they smashed the Warriors round one. Yeah, but, but look at where they are now. They're out of gas. Like they've been training for twenty uh, for twelve months. Well, I said at the start of the year that Ricky Stewart is a good Origin coach because he can be intense for three weeks. But as far as the whole year, he's got Matt Parrish, who's like the most angry, most intense yeah, assistant. Well, you need to yeah. You need to be able to balance it and do it exactly. He's not he's not made for a twenty six round plus year, that's for sure. But so what, what are you, uh, let's let's forget Paramount. He's Canberra's now. Let's um let's look at Newcastle. I didn't what think, do you make of that? I didn't think they're that great. And, no, I mean, uh, yeah. you know that that's not taken away, but it's pretty easy. Melbourne showed their. I reckon week. them and the Bulldogs look very similar at the moment. Well, I think they beat the Bulldogs easily. So I think Bulldogs win. Their back line, to me, is very impressive. Again, all five in the back were over 100. Most of them over 150. That's the thing that makes me confident is that the Dogs have been beaten by them twice this year. Yeah. 
and I think the Bulldogs are a more experienced finals team. If the Bulldogs turn up half the team they were in last year's final series, yeah, they'll tell the Knights. I still look at them. There is something wrong at the Bulldogs. There's no bromance this yeah, but year. Now it's finals time. You know, this yeah, is it. I still don't see it though. Mm. The bromance isn't there. They're not jumping over each other. They're not the dogs, you know, united. They're all over the shop. Cassiano's been here and there. Yeah. Pritchard's been quiet. T Rex hasn't done his job. The, the only guys that have really gone on with anything from last year is your James Graham, Tolman, these couple of blokes, but a few of those key blokes up front haven't done their job in it's particular. It's going to be interesting. Barber, Pritchard and Cassiano. Interesting so. game. Yeah, I think I've got to give a rap because I ripped him at the start of the year, but he's well and truly shown me wrong. He's Jared Mullen. I think he's had an outstanding year. Mm. Uh, so full credit to Jared Mullen. Yeah, he has. And, uh, you know, he was one of the better ones on the weekend along with McKinnon and Badiris who got me in the match. He was outstanding. Uh, Roberts even played very well again, but for Parra, what are you supposed to say? It was Hayne and Matua, as usual, and I was very happy that they let Ken Edwards, a bloke I told you about, get his debut. Mm. Uh, he showed something that Parramatta need, and that's just a bit of C-U-N-T. He didn't back down. He whacked a few blokes, and Newcastle got a bit pushy. He didn't care that they got beat by 50. He was there all day, so mm. I think he'll be handy next year for whoever comes in and joined Tunganor and uh, Terrapah and those kind of guys in a, a rejuvenated forward pack, hopefully. With the yep. last game of this round was Monday night. Uh, the Sharks without Todd Carney, Paul Gallen, Wade Graham and Jason Bakuya. 38-18 over just a disgusting camera side. And the four weeks that they were supposedly going to play for Dunas and try and do him any favours, they've done him zero favours. They've just gone absolutely rubbish. They've fallen apart. Uh, they're their own worst enemy. I'm not putting anything back on Dunaman because it's all their own fault. But their ruck and just their attitude in general was just horrible. Terrible. And um, I said it at the start. Their three best players were all the young blokes that shouldn't be carrying the burden. And it showed in their award winners because Tony Milford plays half a year, wins the Meninga Medal of the Year. Mm. And, uh, you know, Paul Vaughan finished third on that tally, was only getting 20 minutes at the start of the year. Uh, only bloke over 100 metres in the forward pack over the last five or six weeks and has been all year. And then Jared Croker, like we said, another bloke who's only 23 years old. These guys shouldn't be shouldering the burden. Camp, where's Cam Peasy? Where's Dave Shillington, who probably did have a pretty good game, but where's he been the rest of the year? Brett White, Dane Tills, oh, I could go on all day. McCrone's been there for a couple of years now with him. All these senior heads, all these young guns around him have not set a good example, and that's Terrible. the reason they got dropped the way they did. Um, Terry Campese, the worst of the lot, I reckon. Um, yeah, well, I think they need a new just captain. crap attitude. The, the example he sets to the referees and to his team is that that's okay to just mope around and bitch and, you know, get grubby or winch to the refs. He doesn't set a good tone. No. Uh, it's Yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about this. Sharks had... Uh, it's a great performance heading oh, into the finals, especially with the players out. So Jeff Robson on his own. Mm. Cut through three or four times and young Tyron Peachy, he's a lightweight. He carved him up. He was good. Uh, Gordon should learn how to pass. He took that one all the way to the trial and then threw it into, <laughs> threw it into a Canberra player. Yeah. But they, they just got the job done, didn't they? They did their typical. They turn up, you know what you're going to get from the Sharks, and if you're not willing to battle for 80 minutes, you're going to get pumped. And Bryce Gibbs scored his first try in eight years, so if that's a reflection of how bad Canberra were, yeah. well, uh, there you go, because he hasn't scored since the grand final in 2005. What about they didn't name Peachy this week? Yeah, well, that's disappointing. Who's on the bench? Hornington, DeGoyce, Bakuya, Tupo. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, I'd play out of Hornington. I'd even probably, well, chucking it there. If you're not going to drop Tupo. one of those forwards, I'd even punt DeGoyce. I like DeGoyce, but DeGoyce should be starting over John Morris. Yeah, he should be. And Tyron Peachy, he's a utility. He, he can play six, he can play 13, he can play nine. I don't yeah. think he's my bench utility, but I'm not Shane Flanagan. He likes to go with a thousand back rowers, so... Uh, let him be, but I still think the Cowboys, be. Cowboys' best football, and uh, the Sharks have been in big trouble. But 
Uh, that wraps it up. Well, the reviews for the year. Eight teams are gone, and uh, we're starting off a new season per se this week with the finals. So uh, we'll move on now to the Centibet Degenerate Gamblers section. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get onto www.centibet.com and register now. Or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Centibet, fire up. Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Centibet.com. Get the Centibet app on your mobile and fire up. Uh, they give us two free $100 bets to give away for guessing the correct score or nearest two. I think the last couple of weeks we've been doing uh, correct score only, if mm. I'm not mistaken. And uh, they give us a free $100 bet every week yeah, for charity. Be, from here on in, there'll be a uh, giveaway on every game. Yep. And uh, is that still correct score only? No, it'll or? be closest to. So yeah. we're going to give them away. Yeah, all right, no worries. But uh, our $300 charity bet last week was the Titans. A possibility oh. of $800 went down by one point for the Shepherd Centre. So uh, we weren't too happy about that. But uh, what's our bet this week? We're going to take the Cowboys uh, to beat the Sharks at $2.10. So that'll get us over the $1,000 mark if that gets up. So fingers crossed. Mm. What about the other odds? Or the all other right, games? let's have a look. Um, we're going to preview some games, have a look at some odds, and have a look at some uh, bets if, you, if you're going to have a pun on the weekend. Uh, firstly, Friday night, South at ANZ Stadium at home. They host the Melbourne Storm. South Sydney, a dollar eighty-seven favourites. Uh, Melbourne, a dollar ninety-seven outsiders. Um, and there's no line; uh, it's just minus two for both. Um, at just over two dollars. So, um, your thoughts? I think for me, I feel really good about Melbourne going into this game. They've uh, played three at ANZ Stadium. They've won all three. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure what the record is in terms of head-to-head for the last 20 games. But out of the last 15, they yeah. haven't beat us since 2004 or something. Yeah, so the, the record um, doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for South. Yeah, um, however, uh, they're coming off that result last week. Melbourne weren't great last week. I still I still can't cop records. There's no different than last night. We had this discussion. Gossett was bringing up uh, North Queensland Sydney record, but you know. They've been playing. They've been playing for six weeks now. They've won against the Sharks at Bloody Ramondas. They've won at home. They've won everywhere. So yeah. finals time, it's just put up or shut up. I'm not about records or numbers, but uh, this one to me is almost a flip of a coin because they both had a pretty ordinary week the last couple of weeks. So uh, if I if I had to say though, I'm, I'm obviously going to sound biased going from Melbourne, but they generally always prep for this game. This is their game. If they win this one, they usually get to the grand final. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one year they lost from this spot, Warriors. they got back to the grand final, and another year they got knocked out yeah. at fourth. So it doesn't bode well for Melbourne when they lose their first week, but generally this is their explosion. So. Well, if you have a look at them throughout the season, um, I know South finished second, Melbourne finished third, but uh, Melbourne scored more tries, and in defence they can they conceded 67 both. Yeah, exactly. well, the biggest so. issue, I think, coming this week is, is if Finch is out, if Widop plays, and what kind of nicks he in. Mm-hmm. The only I, think, I think a 50%... Widop is better than Finch. I'll oh. throw that out there. So. Well, Finch has definitely slowed down. He's mm-hmm. hurt us on that left side. The, the other concern is Maurice Blair. He's rocks or dormants as well. Widop, need, Widop needs to be physical this mm-hmm. week if he's back in because they're, they're going to be coming at him. For me, I, I look at South's back... Oh, well, sorry, they're outside four. Merrick, Goodwin, Walker, Farrell. None of them scare me. Greg Inglis scares me. Yeah, but um, Greg Inglis... does scare me, but, and so does a forward pack. Greg those, Inglis, those outside backs don't. Greg Inglis has to bring himself back into it, though. He's been nowhere. I know he's at the knee problem, mm. but he's the difference between them winning and losing the comp. He needs to get back to early year form because he's been hiding. Yeah. 
for me, I think I like um, Will Chambers to score first try in this game. I, I think he's a he's a finals player. He always um, steps up in the big games. I think he'll score first try. I think he's about uh, nine dollars, ten dollars. So um, that'll be something I'll be having a crack on. And I think Melbourne will win if they do win. It'll be one to twelve. Um, I can't see him skipping away like they did um, on August. Yeah, well, it was August I, nine. They they last played. I think if you've got one to twelve either way, you'd be looking at a pretty good day. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the second game. Uh, Saturday afternoon, the doubleheader out at Allianz Stadium and the Sharks, they take on the North Queensland Cowboys. The Sharks seventy-seven, the Cowboys $2.10, and the line is two to the Cowboys. Yeah, well, they, they get back Gallon, Graham, Bakuya, Tupo, uh, and Carney is still not 100%. He said that he won't play again this year if he's hurt like he did last year because he felt that uh, he said he didn't let them down, but he let you know that him going off at Canberra last year obviously killed them when he did his Achilles. So yep. he doesn't want to have another issue like that with his hamstring. But uh, even with them all back on board, the only way I see things going in their favour if is they turn it into a dog fight. Uh, if the Cowboys impose their will and get to play their style of football, I think they run all over him. But mm. uh, for me, Cost Jason's really he's fitting into that nine role nicely. He's just stable, tackles, um, offloads, does his job. Bowen first. They're both flying under the radar. The outside backs, as you said, um, in the preview, Winnerstein and, and any other winger they've had to throw on that other yeah, side. Obviously, they had Graham. Lelugia is six tries from six games. Felt and Lelugia now. Um, Matty Bowen playing his best footy. Uh, Robert Louis doing some nice things. Yeah, well, Bowen, um, Bowen's helped out. And, and Louis Thurston, best form. Louis doing what Benji said before he left. He said it's the best seven he played with because I let Benji be Benji. But yeah. he's doing that for Thurston. He's getting him nice early ball. And Matty Bowen's popping up and running the other side. So... If all those pieces land, I don't care how many good forwards the Sharks have got. I still don't see enough points on their edges. And I think the Shah, sorry, the Cowboys got a better bench. Well, I, I think, think Sims I... and Tal Malolo are real X factors off the bench for the Cowboys. And you saw last week what uh, Tal Malolo can do. You've seen previously what Sims can well, do. Well, the way Jonathan Wright was backpedaling and turned himself inside out last week, mm. that's where all my attention's going. Yep. Gonna, I'd be pumping him with uh, Sims and Tal Malolo and whatever centres opposite him. I think he's on the left edge. Yeah. So their right side. I I think that's Brent Tate. I'd be, Jonathan Wright's on the left. Yeah. I'd be throwing Tate is everything. On the right. I'd be throwing everything uh, through Jonathan Wright's little corridor there. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, yeah, well, we we both both tip the Cowboys. We we back the Cowboys. Two so ten. You know where our good uh, money. You know where our money lies in this one. Um, that's not to say take anything away from the Sharks. If I was going to go to the Sharks, it'd be one to twelve again. I don't see him bashing them. But, uh, yeah, they're a bit, bit similar situation. Finals game, uh, I think if they're going to win, it'll be 1-12. to 12. Yeah, all right. The uh, the next game in the doubleheader, the Roosters versus Manly. Uh, Manly, uh, sorry, Roosters, $1.80 favourites. Manly, two oh five. The line is only, it's only 1.5 to um, the Sea Eagles. So that probably just highlights how close this game is expected to be. Um, what do you make of it? The two times they've played this year, they've been close games, but Roosters have skipped away with both. Um, I, I like the Roosters, especially on the back of last week. I think they want to back that up, get the week off and, and prep for the last fortnight of the season. Well, even without uh, Rhea Hargraves and Boyd Cordner, I still think with Sam Moa and Martin Kennedy being back and Luke O'Donnell being back, all these people know how to do their job. Mitchell Orbison, oh, Sonny Bill. O'Donnell's back, is he? Okay. Sonny Bill Williams, he'll probably start this week, uh, O'Donnell. But I just think still in the forwards, uh, Manly have got a lot of players that have done a good job for him this year, but I think uh, it's always kind of putting the, the focus on Anthony Watt now. 
or Glenn Stewart to do a job. I know Justin Horro has been fairly good. I'd probably include him in that, but I think the Roosters will get him uh, in the I think, forwards. Um, I thought the Roosters, the, the two times they played them, Jarabria Hargreaves owned Manly. And yeah. I think him being out is going to help Manly. I thought, and I'll be, I'll be quite honest, I thought Rhea Hargreaves intimidated the Manly pack. Um, obviously now with Watmo back, um, who knows what sort of fitness he's under, but, uh, you know, Lawrence and Kite, um, they... They get a better shot at the Roosters here with with Moa and um, O'Donnell and, and no Jared. So I think that's going to take a little bit away from the Roosters, but I, I still can't see them getting beat here. Um, I, I think Sonny Bill will be the will be the X factor. Do you like anyone for first try? Uh, if I was going to be going, uh, I don't want Daniel Tupo. Daniel Tupo and the left edge, who's yeah, edge left David Williams and Jamie Lyons edge. Yeah, um, not not in particular. I think maybe a bomb or something like that. He's a big, tall fella, rangy guy. Um, if not, Sonny Bill. Mm. Well, if I was going to go man, they'd be Tafura or Madawa. Mm. But uh, I'm still going to go the Roosters, but it definitely wouldn't surprise me if Manly won. I no. think, like I said, getting Tafura back in, getting Watmau, getting Stewart back in, uh, that good replacements, obviously, the last couple of weeks for those players. Everyone's done their job, but uh, they'll come with a point to prove they've got possibly the best back line in the comp. Yeah. So uh, with it, with Jared down oh. and Boyd Cordner down, I, I think if the Roosters had everyone on deck, I think they'd almost be impossible to beat. And agree and, or disagree with me, but uh, I think Boren's been a little bit quiet recently. Yeah, I think I think, he's, I, I think I think he still just don't notice as much because Cherry Evans has had such a breakout year again, yeah. going to another level. That you I'm know, not saying Foran's bad, but I'm now nah. saying, look, we, I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. He could come out here and have a storm yeah. and really take us all off guard. That's uh, that's my. Point. I just think he does the little one percenters, but you, you realise Cherry Evans more because Cherry Evans seems to come up with those you know mm-hmm. snap moments that blow you away. But Foran's still there. Well, it's the best away. defense versus the second best defense in the comp. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, well, it'll, be, it'll be that sort of a battle. Going to stick, like I said, with the Roosters, but it really wouldn't surprise me. If Manly turn up on their A game and the Roosters do miss Jared, it wouldn't surprise me if they got over him. Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm uh, Manly, I'm aiming most of my attack at Sean Kenny Dow. Yeah. All right, so we, we both sort of agree the Roosters, but um, it could be that Manly upset the apple cart. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, the final final uh, game of the first week of the semi-finals, the, the Dogs there at home at ANZ, they take on Newcastle Knights on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs are $1.58 favourites. Newcastle Knights, $2.45 outsiders. And I know you and Mr Gossip both like the Knights. Explain why. Well, I've said it before. I've been on the Bulldogs all year, so they're going to turn it around. But there's obviously more than we don't know about. Mm. They're not the same group. They don't have the bromance. I'm not feeling the, the connection of last year where everything was a slap on the back or everything was the group in or... They were just such a, you know, they were a complete unit. You could feel the unity, but this year is just kind of disjointed. And especially three of their biggest keys last year were Frank Pritchard, uh, Sam Cassiano and Ben Barber all seem to be a little separated. Obviously, Sam and Frank don't have a problem with each other, but I think there's still a little bit more than we know between them and Ben Barber and obviously suspension and injury problems for all of them. So uh, I just don't see things going down uh, the way they did last year. And I think... Newcastle, um, who have an outstanding backline, and Jared Mullen has probably had his best year since he played Origin. Uh, even with the grandpa forward pack they've got, I think the the Bulldogs they've had their number twice this year. I think they'll follow a similar game plan and get the job done again. Okay, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm going to um, go the Dogs. I just Newcastle for me they look old um, in the forwards. You know Scott Smith, Mason, Far Logo, Badiris. Um, compared to, you know, uh, Tolman, Ennis, Graham, Williams, Jackson, Fanuke, and I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. 
Um, also in the halves, uh, Reynolds and Hodkinson, I'd rather them than Roberts and Mullen. So um, for me, and, and I agree with you, I think the, the Newcastle backs far outweigh the... Uh, the Bulldogs' backs, especially with Ben Barber, not in the greatest of form. But well, he's on the bloody um, bench. I think that's a waste. Well, of I, I don't think he will be. I, I, if Des Hasler runs out with that side that's been named, um, I will be very, 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 very surprised. Well, um, I think there'll be, be a reshuffle. I think Mitch Brown will drop off. Lafayette will move to the wing. Morris will go to the centre. Yeah, this will is play the problem, though. He's dropped Lafayette every time. He's kept Brown. So if anyone's going, it'll be okay, Lafayette. Well, I think Lafayette. I, I stick by what I said. Lafayette has to move to Para or the Sharks or somewhere he needs a centre because I think he's underappreciated at the Bulldogs. Yeah, but I, and then I'd bring another Ford in off the bench. Yeah, well, Lachlan um, Burr is a good option. I love Lachlan Burr. I don't yeah. know why. What happened to the big dude that was playing at the start of the year? Clemmer. Clemmer, I did his name. Okay. So uh, there's uh, another and, one. And another one. I, I look at their bench: Hilda, Costigan, McKinnon. Houston, oh, Houston's well, probably the best player on that I, bench. I think McKinnon's the best player on that bench. Um, but for me, Cassiano um, and Halatau. But you know what you're going to get. The board. You know what you're going to get. They're going to try it's and an beat interesting them. game. It's going to be an interesting game. I reckon game. That, that the Knights will run them ragged, particularly out of dummy half, get around the middle. Uh, Mullen will kick earlier. They'll be more playing a territory style of game, probably trying to do what your mob did yeah. a couple of weeks ago and turn them around. I think that's a perfect game plan. Frank Pritchard's still a bit unfit. He's been on and off this year. Cassiano's been in and out. I reckon they could really pick on him. See, Pritchard's not even named here. And so. it's warm. It is very warm. So I know what I'd be doing. I'd be turning the Bulldogs around all day, and I think they get the job done. So you think, you're thinking that Pritchard plays? Well, his suspension's done, so he should be. But if, yeah. he, if he's hurt again, that just proves my point. They're underdone this year. So then maybe, yeah, well, that, that gives time. you an extra player on the bench then. Barber starts. You reshuffle your back line, you drop one of your outside backs, you move yeah, um, probably Finucane or Jackson to the bench or even Tony Williams and Pritchard starts and that gives you your four-prong. All I know bench. is that of all the money that's available this week at $2.45, I think they're the best odds you can No, get. you like them and that's fair yeah. enough. I, I, I really like Canterbury. I think it's uh, it's the business end of the year and I, uh, I've i been waiting for them to fire all year and I've seen little glimpses in the last month um, mm. but I've also seen some really negative things. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. for last week because I didn't think they had much to play well, for. I've been on them all year. You've heard me from day one when they lost six or seven in a row saying they'll turn around, they'll make the finals, blah, 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 but I'm, yeah. just, I'm over it now. I don't see enough there to threaten. I don't see either of them winning, if they win this game, surviving next week anyway. So mm. I don't really think it's, it's a, a big issue, but I still think that Newcastle have the right game plan for probably what the Bulldogs did and the Titans gave the blueprint. If all those big boppers are back, they're so underdone, it's not funny. It's very hot right now. I'd just be booting the piss out of it all day mm. and saying, turn around, big boys, whack Barber, let him get up nice and quick with no support back there and just run him ragged. Yeah. What about, uh, there's a little bit of a market here for um, the team, uh, sorry, the, the coach for Parramatta Eels next year. Neil Henry. 225 favourite. I think is Jason Taylor on that list. Yeah, he's two seventy. Matty Johns had male reckoning that that was a guarantee, but I don't know how you could. I'd have to go Neil Henry. Yeah, Neil Henry's a pretty straight shooter. He's uh, got a good system. I think that's one thing they've lacked the game plan. I think he can give them a lot better than what they've had. Mm. Well, that's yeah, exactly right. And he's experienced. Um, he's done Origin. He's been with North Queensland. He's been with Canberra. He's been successful everywhere he's been. So uh, I know he hasn't won a comp, but he's been in the finals just about every year. He's been with both those sides. All right, uh, final little plug for Centibet, the NRL final special. So if you, you get your money back if your team leads at halftime but loses the match. So that's the NRL finals money back special for Centibet. So if you're going to have a punt, uh, make sure you do it with Centibet because at least if your side gets rolled and you're blowing up, at least you know you'll have your money back in your wallet if they've led at halftime. So, yeah. Well, that's 110%. Um, and uh, as we said, this segment, the Degenerate Gamblers section, is brought to you by Centibet. So if you do want to have a bet, 
on the NRL or any sports, make sure you get onto Cenebet.com and they're the best to bet with on your mobile and you can get the Cenebet app from the App Store. So make sure you fire up and have a punt with Cenebet and keep your eyes out for the free $100 bets that we will be giving away. There'll be plenty flying around this weekend, yep. guys, so get involved. All the games, so keep your eyes on it. But uh, that pretty much finishes us up for this week, so we'll head into the wrap-up now. Well, that concludes another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast, and it's finally here, guys. 26 rounds have passed. We've sorted out the top eight. They're all in their final positions, and this weekend, kicking off on Friday night, we are going to see the potential champions of this competition as we head in to the business end of the season. But for now, if you want to get in contact with us via Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifthandlastpodcast at hotmail.com and on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. And uh, as we said before, big thanks to Cenebet for being on board for the Degenerate Gambler section and make sure to keep your eyes peeled because we have plenty of free $100 bets to give away this weekend for correct score or closest to brought to you by Cenebet. So as always, guys, enjoy your football and the finals are here. Bye. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.